This week on Moms Moving On. When I had Kier, oh my God, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) You can cry. Many people have cried on this podcast. I felt so alone after I had my daughter. I hear this a lot. I would not be who I am today without Rob. Or, and I would not be who I am today if I hadn't met Rob and gone through our relationships together. But he had so many walls up. Did it drive you nuts? It drove me insane. You know, people will say to me, I love seeing that you're in a good place with your ex, but I hate it also because I'm jealous I'm not there. Obviously, look, a lot of marriages, for whatever reason, they mostly end in splitting up or divorcing. So the next best thing we can do is figure out how to, if we can't have a healthy relationship being in one together, how do we have one living apart? And it's really just for the kids. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for joining us again. I am thrilled to share, reveal, I should say, the guests we have on today. She has made one of my favorite shows come alive again. Um, But more than that, she is the epitome of what it means to be a good co-parent. We don't know her whole story, but maybe we'll get some of it today. We have Leah McSweeney on from The Real Housewives of New York. Thanks for being here, Leah. Oh my God, what an amazing introduction. Thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, I think a lot of us can say thank you for joining The Real Housewives because it's like this breath of like young, fresh air that it needed. And you are so real. And I think everybody related to you right away. But last week's episode where you and Rob were just hanging out like best friends. Oh, at the Chinese restaurant? Was that it? Yeah. I have chills because everyone who follows me follows me for co-parenting advice. And they were like, did you see that? How does she do that? How do we get to that point? And it it really touched a lot of us because if there's anything any of us divorced moms want, it's a good relationship with our child's father. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe you can give us the rundown on your relationship with Rob. How did it start to fall apart and how did you get to this good place? You know, it's interesting because I was just thinking the other day, because obviously people are always like, you know, um, why don't you guys just get back together? Like this and that, like if me and Rob were together as husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, I would fucking hate him. Mm-hmm. Like I would hate him. You know what? He doesn't fulfill needs I have, and I don't fulfill needs he has. And actually, the other day, we were driving to Long Island, and our daughter was already there. So it was just me and him driving. And normally, it's like all three of us driving, not just me and him. And we got into an argument that was so reminiscent of what we would have argued about back in the day when we were together. And I'm like, it's still like I, we made up quickly, but I'm like, you know, I see that I, there is this disconnect in some way with me and him when it comes to some really personal stuff, you know, and we just see things completely differently in some ways, you know, and he needs more support, right? Emotional support than I can give him with some things. Like he's an artist, you know? So 
I think whoever he's romantically involved with, he needs them to constantly be telling him how great it is and he is because artists have huge egos, you know, not to say. And then there's like things that, you know, other other things that I probably don't fulfill also. I mean, the, the point I'm getting to, I'm trying to like tiptoe around like super personal stuff because <laughs> I, I don't want to like fully blow up his spot and stuff. But, you know, the point is like when we were together, we met when I was 20 years old. We started dating when I was 20. He was 32. I was a wild woman or child kind of. I mean, I was very young, you know? And in a lot of ways, like I wouldn't even, I would, I would not be who I am today without Rob or, and I would not be who I am today if I hadn't met Rob and gone through our relationship together. I was very in love with him. I always said, oh my God, bury me in the same casket as him. Wow. Like I have to be buried with him, but he had so many walls up. He had so many walls up and. Did it drive you nuts? It drove me insane. Yeah. And you know what? I think Nylon did a story about us back in the day. Like, I think it was Nylon. I I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was. And this writer came over to our house and we talked about our arguments and whatever. And I remember being like, I don't feel like he has my back. Like, I don't feel like he has my back. That's that's a horse. I, I feel that. And even though he has my back in certain ways, there are really intimate ways where he doesn't mm-hmm. and you know like like now that i'm older i am like oh you know what he is ride or die like he's ride or die now for me he is but back then when i was 23 or 24 or whatever like it didn't feel like it and like the one thing i'm thinking of is like we were at a friend's store and i got into a fist fight with a girl pretty much it was like a physical altercation between me and her and it was a friend of mine who said something like nasty to me and we just started going off on each other, whatever. He dragged me physically out of the store and went back inside the store and continued to hang out with her and other friends and left me outside. And I think that was, I mean, I still, 20 years later, will never forgive him for that. I can totally relate. My ex-husband, it was almost like from the very beginning, he loved me so much, but if there were ever an issue, I was wrong and everybody else was right. And he would blow me up, you know, to his friends. Like, like if there, there was once an issue with one of his friends who I wanted to get into a fist fight with, but we can leave those details out. His friend was very much in the wrong. And he like, didn't talk to me for three days and made me call and apologize to his friend. And I was like, what's going to happen when real shit goes down? Like, how are you going to be there for me? You know what I mean? And I understand that feeling. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but you just feel like alone in your own relationship. Yeah. And I, it, it's shitty. So, you, okay. So you got through that. We got through that, but like, I was just, you know, I was just so unhappy and he was too. I mean, I was really drinking a lot and partying nonstop. Like I was like miss out every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like I was out and he would try to like, be like, you can't go out. Like, you can't go out so much. And I'd be like, ha ha, this is what happens when you want to date a girl that's 12 years younger than you. Right. Like, <laughs> I am going out, you know? And like, sometimes he'd lock the door. If I'd come home too drunk, he made me sleep on the floor. Um, but he wouldn't leave me. Like, he never, but he wouldn't leave me, you know? Like, he wasn't like, okay, I'm leaving you. He would just like punish me and like right. withhold like, love from me, you know? 
But like, I was also wild. Like, you know, I was wild. I was like, I'm gonna call the cops on you, man. You know, fighting. We were crazy. Like, it was really. And then I got pregnant. And <laughs> that so always happens. That happened. The summer. <laughs> the summer um, there was a summer. It was a summer, and it was a wild summer where I was basically sleeping in my office, which was my grandmother's apartment at the time who had passed away. And my sister was like living there also. And so me and my sister were going out constantly and just sleeping at the office. And I was really thinking like, we're going to break up. We're going to break up. And then I got pregnant. And actually the pregnancy throughout the whole pregnancy was the most wonderful experience ever. We got along so well and I was ecstatic. I mean, it was the best time of my life. I felt, I've never physically felt better. I mean, I feel physically pretty good now, but like I felt the hormones, the pregnancy hormones were so good, good for me. Oh, wow. And then when I had Kier, oh my God, I'm getting emotional. You can cry. M- many people have cried on this podcast. I felt like, you know... I felt so alone after I had my daughter. I really did. I hear this a lot. He like, and I love Rob and I don't want this to be like some kind of, I'm dragging Rob thing, but like, we're going to get to the good parts of Rob, you know, but like I went into labor on a Thursday morning and I gave birth on a Friday morning. So we left the hospital on Sunday or Saturday, he went back to work Monday and I was home alone with the baby, with my infant. My, I didn't want my mother to help me too much. I was like, no, I'm doing this by myself. His parents offered to get me a baby nurse. I was like, that's insane. I don't want some like woman that I don't know, like staying in my home with me and like taking care of my baby, you know, like, even though maybe now I would be a little different about it, but, um, (laughs) I, it felt like, this is really stupid, but okay. So it's not stupid though. This is like literally why we broke up. We had two dogs. I was working, running my business, making a a very good size amount of money for being that young and everything. Like I was running the business from our loft and he, with the baby and two dogs all day. And he would like be at his job he owns his own company, but at his office. And he wouldn't even walk the dogs in the morning and the dogs would bark incessantly. And honestly, like, I was like, I'm like, we broke up and I was like, you're taking the dogs. Like, and everyone, like, I was so triggered. Like my friends, like, I just got a dog and my friends are like, oh, are they going to end up with Rob? And I would like flip out. Like, don't even fucking say that. Cause I'm like, was so traumatized by him not walking the dogs. And then like, when we broke up, it was very much like everyone, like not everyone, but a lot of people was like, we're like, it seemed like, oh, Leah just got like a partnership with like these big, like this big clothing line and she's making all this money and now she's leaving Rob. And like, it was never like that, you know, like it, oh, that, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Everybody's always going to form their opinions, but I know from the inside, it's always like, there's so much leading up to it. And then it could be the smallest thing that just like makes it all crumble. Truly. So how old were you? How old was Kiki when you guys split? Well, it took a while because like, you know, men, they're so stupid and stubborn. And I was like, I'm not in love with you anymore. And then he was like, so upset and he was doing everything he could. He threw me this big birthday dinner at this restaurant. Like, you've never done this shit for me before ever, like ever, you know, like he was very emotionally unavailable, like beyond. 
And oh my God, I'm starting to get so fucking mad at him. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't want that to be the point. I guess Kiki was like, I think it was like around her first birth. I feel like she was just so young. I think it was like the summer that she turned one. I was like, I'm not in love with you. And then finally, in March of the next year, he finally left because he found a sext on my phone. Got it. He'd been sleeping in separate room, bedrooms. You know, it's, I didn't cheat. I was just like flirting on my phone. You know what I mean? But also like maybe he needed to see that because it was like a wrap. It was over. It was over. I like I had had sex in like a year. Like it was done. Like, and also I found some emails on his shit too. So it wasn't like I was the only one trying to find emotional attention from someone else. He was doing it too. And, um, and it was really, oh my God, when I think about like him, like packing up the boxes, I just, I, there's a photo of like one of the days he moved out and it's Kiki's sitting on a bunch of boxes of him, like moving out. It's like gutting when I think about it, it's, you know, and it took, it was bad. I also like totally spiraled out and was like drinking so much, which is why I ended up stopping drinking for nine years. It's because I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm so out of control. And I have a two-year-old, I need to stop. So, um, which is why in hindsight, now you see why I was like, let, let me try it again. Because I was in this dark, dark place when I was spiraling out and decided to stop, you know? <sighs> so that was, that was the breakup. I'm going to imagine or assume, like for many of us, after Split, it wasn't the most amicable co-parenting thing. And you guys were not formally married, right? No. So how did you how did you transition into co-parenting and how did you get to this good place? I think that's really what everybody, you know, people will say to me, I love seeing that you're in a good place with your ex, but I hate it also because I'm jealous I'm not there. It took me years and I'm sure it was a process for you too. God, it took me so long. Like I hated him for so long. I like went to his office. Like I found, like I hacked into his emails and like found like these emails from a girl. And I was like, wait, we didn't fuck for like two years. And like, now you're like with this girl, like up at the house that we built together, like only a month later. And you're acting like you're the sad guy who I left. Like that was the whole shtick. Like he looked, seemed like, Oh, I have to move out. Like you're having your fun. I went to his office and he was up on a windowsill painting something. I grabbed him and threw him on the floor and started beating the shit out of him. Everyone in his office took their laptops and ran into another room. Like it was bad. Like I told my mom, like I was, I, I called his mom. I was telling his business. Like it was very dramatic. It was very bad. I have a crazy temper. It took us so long. I mean, I think I was like, okay, well, I'm the mom, so I'm going to get to have Kiki more. And he was like, no, we're going to share her like half and half and that's going to be it. And, you know, we'll figure it out. And we lived, we always stayed close to each other, like in terms of like where we lived. We had a nanny and every two days she would go back and forth. And at first I'm like, this is crazy. Every two days, but this is all she knows. Now she's older, so she'll stay a week here. I mean, she stayed like a couple months with me during the pandemic, you know, and then she'd like, he'd come over here or whatever. Now she's been with him for like a week and a half. 
and I'm going away today. So she'll be with him for like another five days, you know, and then she'll stay with me. So that's all she knew. So it just, the, the thing is we have the same, we do have similar values, me and him, you know, and we were both so important for the kids. We were both raised by great people who family was family's everything. And even if it's not the traditional family, you know, I think we just, thank God we felt the same way about our kid. And it's like, well, it's better if we get along. We want our daughter. So great that you're saying that so many people cannot ever get to that point. Like they, they hold on to that anger and they don't realize that the best thing you can do is just put that shit aside Focus on the kids. It's only going to hurt the kids. I mean, when I hear about what my friends, some of my friends are going through with their divorces and the custody shit, I'm like, this is child abuse. Yeah. Like, this is like legit child abuse. Like, actually, like your kid would probably be better off if you like slapped your kid across the face like once a day. Like, literally, because this mental torture of like being like having just a weird drop offs and fighting and not seeing this parent and this parent's talking so much shit. And not that I've never talked shit about Kiki's dad to her. I mean, I have, but barely, you know, cause we get along like yeah. at the end of the day, that's the other thing. And that's something that I'm not like here advocating, like everybody be best friends because it's not realistic. And you might like, not just not like your ex and you might think they're a shithead. And like, I have a lot of friends who are like, yeah, I understand why they don't want to be friends with their, their ex, you know? But I have a lot of friends who fucking bite the bullet and are like such good people because if their exes were my ex, I would be nuts probably. You know, like I'm not like some Mother Teresa person who's like all kumbaya. Like Rob is very easy to deal with now. Like he's very easy. If anyone's, I'm, if anything, I'm probably a little more difficult than he is. I'm a little more just with work and then the show and everything. I have more needs that have to be met in terms of parenting, you know? So. And he's flexible with you. So you don't follow a 50-50 formal schedule. You guys kind of just wing it. Exactly. But like we, we were doing like Mondays, Tuesdays, him, Wednesdays, Thursdays, me. And then the, the weekend would rotate. That's what I do. That's yeah. my exact schedule right now. And right. my daughter, my, she's five. She was two when we split. Also has no concept of living any other way. It's only now that she's like, but I want another night here because of my toys or whatever. Like she's, she's starting to grasp the idea of time, but people are like, Oh my God, how can you do that? And I'm like, how can I not? It's all she, if she were to stay with me for a week, she'd lose her mind. She'd miss her dad. She's used to the back and forth. She's there. The kids, kids are so adaptable and malleable. And like, they're much better than like we are at things, you know, because sometimes I would be like, Oh, is this like too much back and forth? And but it's, she was totally fine with it. Like completely. And actually it's funny because like, I remember once when she was like four, she was like, why do grandma and grandpa live in the same house? <laughs> yes. I've gotten that too. Like, who oh are these weird people? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. But you know what we haven't really mastered and like, you know, neither. I mean, I've been in serious relationships, you know, like serious, like a year here, nothing like we're moving in with each other. And nothing where like PD is like around the guy all the time. She's met like two boyfriends, like that's it. And he hasn't been in any really serious, which we were talking about on the last episode, actually. But I do believe that I'm going to be in a relationship at some point, And he is too. And we're going to be fine. 
That's great that you're at the point you're at now because it makes that next step so much easier. I met my now husband when my ex still wanted to hit me with a car. You're already remarried. Oh yeah. I, I got divorced three years ago. Oh my God. That's amazing. I met my now husband. I mean, but I was the girl who, first of all, I never wanted to get married in the first place to my first husband. I was like, I had all these daddy issues, all this toxic shit that I hadn't worked through. I was like, I'm good. I used to tell my mom, you'll never be a grandma. You're just going to have to get over it. And then I met my, my ex-husband is my mirror. Like he brought out every horrible part of me, everything that like was undealt with it was toxic. It was constant fighting. And that's not even my personality. It was awful. We were engaged in three months. It was hot and heavy. It was just like a fireball. Like, like mm. it, it was like everybody was watching a car accident unfold is what it was. Right. And I, when we split, I was like, I knew I shouldn't have been married. Like, this is not for me. It's not for me. Right. Two months later, I meet my now husband and we have the, the best part is he's a family court judge. We have the calmest, most amicable, like respectful relationship. And I never thought I could have that. So for me, it, it took me outside of myself to realize that like, I was very much the problem in my first marriage too. It's because I was with somebody, A, who made me feel like, I, I would always say, you don't have my back. He's like, I'm not from New York. Stop talking like I'm from New York, you know? And I just felt alone. And I felt like he, he latched onto my flaws more than he supported like the good parts of me. And I had a lot of shit I had to work through. So when, when we first split and I met somebody new, he hated me. He hated him. He hated everybody. Like, you know, how did the two get along? They didn't until right after we got engaged, my husband now called him and said, look, I'm going to be living with your child half the time. I respect you as a father. I think you're an amazing dad to her. Let me take you for coffee. I want to answer any questions you have or hear you out on any, you know, so my ex came in like guns blazing, like, let me tell you this. She doesn't need two dads. And he was like, I know I'm a dad to my own daughter. I'm just going to be lit. And, and now like he comes swimming in my pool. He has dinner at my house on the weekends. Like goals. These are my goals. This is goals. But this took years. And like, I've been in therapy every day, upside down, inside and out. So, because I would react so much. And now it's like, I mean, six months ago, we were in litigation fighting over something and now we're in a really good place. Will the other shoe drop eventually? Probably. But I hold on to these moments because right now my daughter is the most comfortable she's been in our relationship together. The happiest. That's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about. And I know everybody watching you guys on TV last week, you know, really for them, it was like, whoa, how do I get to this place? So it is really refreshing to hear that you had to beat him up at his office first before you got to this place. Like it's all a process and it all takes time. Wait, I have more. Just just last weekend, we were like, really like, you know, and then, oh, and then even he dropped me off too. And he like scratched his rim on the sidewalk, like pulling up to my building and he drives crazy. So I was like, I always, I hate how he drives. So when he pulled up so quick and I'm all like, you know, patronizing, like, Oh, that's what you get. And he was like, shut up. And I hate when he says shut up to me or like talks like anything like that to me. Not that I'm like some, you know, like bird, my virgin ears or anything, but it's just nasty. It's just nasty. And then like, you know, after he dropped me off and then like 20 minutes later, he texted me. I'm really sorry. I said, shut up. 
That's and I was like, huge. sorry, that's patronizing to you. Wow. You guys could like write a book. I mean, we really could at this point. I don't uh, think I communicate that well in my marriage now. That's, that's pretty I mean, bad. Well, I don't communicate that well in my relationships normally with men. <laughs> but you know what? I think once you see the benefit in your child of having this good relationship with your ex, you want to keep it that way. Whether it's apologizing, you know, recently my ex-husband texted me out of the blue and was like, thank you for all you're doing to educate her during quarantine. And I was like, are you high? Like, okay. But it's like, all of a sudden you, you want to value that person for the benefit of your kid. And I promise to anybody listening, you will get there eventually. It's not an overnight process. It takes time. It takes a lot of tears and fighting and headaches and drinking. Yeah. But you get there and it's a place you really want to preserve. So you're heading out of town. I don't want to keep you forever. Talk to the girl right now who is just coming out of her marriage, who feels like there's no hope in co-parenting and it's never going to work. What advice would you have for her? For anyone that's just getting out of their marriage, feeling like there is no hope in co-parenting, the most important thing is to find a big dick, honestly, because you need to be having sex because you were probably in a marriage that was sexless. Let's like, you know, be real here. So that's very important because sex is important and it keeps us happy and it's a nice distractor. So automatically you need to do that. But it just, and then on top of that, be patient. Don't be reactive. When you want to send him a text telling him that he is a worthless human piece of shit and you regret ever meeting him, text your friend, text your therapist. And that's the other thing is therapy. Like, therapy, therapy, therapy. Therapy, therapy, therapy. Oh, it's so freaking important. Um, I actually, me and Rob did couples therapy and that's what showed me that it was really over. Like I couldn't like, I was like going to couples therapy and sit on the couch and be hysterical and was like, I can't, like I'm done, you know, like I, I really can't even do this. So, and he continues to see the therapist and he was in therapy for years with this woman. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was, I think it really helped him actually. Um, but yeah, it's all about just patience patience is it and it's so hard for impatient girls like us i feel like you're like me where when you want it you want it now and you just I want know. to make it happen but but I mind you, it's everything it does it really does and i never really thought that like like when me and rob broke up i never was like we're gonna be great co-parents one day or anything like i was not even thinking i was like 26 years old you know i was just in my own shit it's just been like, as I've gotten much, you know, older and grown and whatever. And I realized that this is really not about me. It's about my daughter. That's when I've been able to let go of a lot of stuff. And also I held on to so many things I was mad at him about. I was so mad. He never proposed to me. I was, and I still give him shit for it. I mean, I still do because I'm like, you know, I, I can't remember a recent thing, but there'll be times I'm like, well, Normally, that's what happens when you knock a woman up, you know, you do the <laughs> wedding kind of thing, you know, or whatever. Like, but now I just laugh about it. But like, that was painful. Yeah. Well, I think you've really come a long way. And it's, it was, again, so refreshing to see you yourself are, are like an inspiration to girls who just speak their minds and Thank get you. shit done. Like, your Instagram amazes me, your presence <laughs> on the show. 
is I, I love the married to the mob brand, all of it. I'm, a, I'm honored that you even said yes to me. I was waiting for you to be like, bitch, who are you? No, I, this is a really important topic. And I was so happy that you reached out to me when I found out this is like what you talk about on your podcast. I'm like, great. This is like more people like, and when it comes out, I'm going to put it like on my Instagram, I'm going to promote it because like, obviously look, a lot of relationships, a lot of marriages for whatever reason do not, they mostly end in splitting up or divorcing. So the, the next best thing we can do is figure out how to, if we can't have a healthy relationship being in one together, how do we have one living apart? And it's really just for the kids. And like our kids are our ne- the next generation that are hopefully going to make this psychotic world we're living in better. So it's up to us to raise good people. You just gave me the chills. What a beautiful place. And I think you just said it best. I mean, I was going to ask you for a quote, but like, if you can't make your marriage work, make your co-parenting game work, do it for your yeah. kids. That's beautiful. Leah McSweeney. Promote yourself. We, we can find you obviously on Real Housewives of New York. Where can we find your podcast, your clothing line, all of that? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Leah mob. I have a podcast called improper etiquette that I actually haven't been doing for a while now, but we still have like 120 episodes. You can listen through. We have so many different kinds of guests and we talk about all sorts of stuff. So you can find that on, um, just the whatever podcast app, um, and Patreon and, um, Oh, Mary's mob, mttmnyc.com. And I think that's it. <laughs> I have to get that. Don't, don't be afraid to be a bitch mug. I love that. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Love that. All right. Well, thank you again for everything. Thank you for having me, Michelle. You and your daughter and to Rob. I hope he doesn't get pissed about this. And thank Jordan for me. Okay, I absolutely will. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.